So what do we know about what's happening at Rack? Just think about it for a second. What is happening here? What's happening in the world? What is happening within the apostolic movement? What is happening within the Christian movement as a whole? What is happening? Okay, so we obviously know Jesus is coming back. The end times are here, my dudes. It is, it's happening. He's, he's coming. Every day is a closer and closer sign of him coming back to get his people. No doubt about it. Within the church as a whole, we can clearly see that there's revival. There is many things happening there. I see reports all the time of people just being healed, just, I mean, blinded eyes being open. We've seen it here. I've experienced personal miraculous healing. Landon experienced it. I love the blessing that my friend Sister Becky got at Monday Night Prayer. Get People getting up out of wheelchairs, people laying down crutches, people that have been sick with things for years just miraculously healed. I mean, this might sound spooky, but... Demons are still being cast out, y'all. People are still being delivered from things. It's, it's happening. And it's not just happening in third world countries. It's, it's happening here. It's happening home. And so what does that mean? That it, Like, what does it mean for us as a whole? Okay, this, this revival is happening. It's cool. It's awesome. Like, okay, I am a part of this revival because I'm a part of the church. And so whatever's happening over there, I... I'm still part of it because I'm part of the body. You know, okay, I totally get that. But what does it mean? What does it mean? Just think about it. What, what does it mean? What's happening here? Take a second and think about it. What's happening at Rack? What are we seeing? We are seeing revival, clearly. If you don't see that, I have glasses cleaner in my purse. Clearly, we are in the midst of God doing the miraculous. Clearly, we are experiencing end-time revival here. Clearly, there are things happening that are unexplainable by anything other than God did it. We don't have to have a logical explanation for everything that is, you know, oh, well, this, that, and the other happened, so it led to this and blah, blah, blah. And No, God just did it. God just did it. We have been seeing... The, the, okay, so tongues interpretation happens like every service at this point. And I love it. I'm not, trust me, if somebody's mad about it, lame, because I'm not mad about it. (laughs) I want God to speak like that. I want him to say, hey, my people are so prepared that I can speak through them, and they will hear me, and they will heed what I'm saying. It's, it's different. It's different when you heed that word. So we're hearing these things, and we're believing these things, and we're standing together with these things, and we're more unified than we've ever been before. And God is just doing the miraculous, right? Right. So each service is explosive and powerful. Prodigals are coming home. Healings are instantaneously happening. God is speaking every time we get together, and it's not by accident. We know for a fact, without a shadow of a doubt, this church is blessed and highly favored. We are a book book of Acts church. Just, we are. There's no way around it. We are a book of Acts church, and we know that God is nowhere near finished with us. We know that we are only scratching the surface of the things that he is going to do in us personally and in us as a church. So, If we're thinking about it, 
now that we know these things, and now that we know, okay, yes, we are blessed and highly favored. Amen. Put it on a t-shirt. I'm God's favorite kid. You know, just kidding. Don't do that. But like, you know, it's, God is doing so much, and it's so amazing. So what do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with knowing, cool, revival's happening. Love that for us. What do we do with it? As a, as a you, as a you, as a personal person, as an individual, what does that mean for you? Not everybody else, not thinking about the person sitting beside you. What does that mean for you? Just chew on that for a second. Just think on that. We'll come back to it. But what does it mean as a whole? It means that we have got to do more than we've ever done before, right? You can't just have revival and then it just sit there. No, revival is a living, breathing, moving thing. And if it's a living, breathing, moving thing, it needs to be fed. It needs to be nurtured. So what are we going to do with that revival? We are going to pray more. We are going to fast more. We're going to read more. We're going to actually not just read, but we're going to study. Ah, you thought you were out of school. We are going to out, do actual outreach, like actual like reaching out, the, the go, going into the street and going into the, the school places and the workplaces and all these things. We're going to reach out and bring people in to this beautiful, living, breathing, wonderful thing. We're going to do that. And we're going to teach Bible studies. <gasps> Gasp. You mean Pastor and Jake aren't the only one doing Bible studies? Oh, my goodness. Did you know that you can teach a Bible study? Did you know? Did you know you have that power and that ability? We're going to teach those Bible studies, and people are going to start getting revivals in homes. They're going to start getting revivals in workplaces. They're going to start receiving the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus at all these places, and I just believe it. I believe it. I'm a little excited this morning. That means that we have to be more compassionate, more compassionate. Help me, Lord. Show more grace, more mercy, more love, more forgiveness than we thought that our human bodies, minds could ever do. You have to, and we're going to have to. We're going to have to do more faith building. We're going to have to do more and better altar working. We're going to have to. Altar working isn't just for the prayer team. It's for you. You, are, you can altar work with people. You can pray for somebody. Gasp. Gasp. It's going to mean hearing and doing the word. The word. Our beautiful, beautiful word, our roadmap to life. People always say, I wish I had a roadmap to life. <gasps> you do. Um, we're going to have to do more backing up of the preaching. We're going to have to heed the word. We're going to have to stand in the gap. We're going to have to meet people at the point of their need. And we're going to have to be consistent. We're going to have to be consistent. I told, who did I tell? I either told Bibby or Angela. I can't remember. I'm a crier. I cry every time I get up here. If I cry, just cry with me. We have, we have to be consistent. I don't know why this makes me want to cry. I have no idea. I have no idea. We have to be consistent. There should never be a time in our lives that we let life determine or dictate our spiritual consistency or attendance to the house of God. We have to be consistent in every area because it's not fair for us to be inconsistent and expect Him to be consistent. We can't 
we can't only do this when we're excited on Sunday morning. We can't only do this when we're fired up and ready to go on Monday night. We can't only do this on Wednesdays. It has to be an everyday thing. Because if we want this revival to continue and we want it to grow and we want it to live and breathe, and I promise you, I know that this is not deep. You probably already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's so important that with the time that we are in right now, this time, this revival, that we grab hold more than ever before of consistency and conviction. It's so important. We cannot let ourselves fall by the wayside at this point. You can't let anything keep you. You can't let bitterness, you can't let anger, you can't let all of these things keep you from being consistent to God. Your spiritual walk should not be a roller coaster. It should only be going up. Really. Anyway. We have to be consistent. Have to be. I'm just going to say this because I feel like it. Um, This revival is awesome. And I love it. And it's great. And if you really want to be a part of it, you have to show up. You have to show up. And not just show up and just be there. But you have to show up and want to be a part of it. Because you have a part to play. You have a part to play in this. You have a part to play. Anyway. All these wonderful things that we should be doing. Praying, reading, fasting, believing, reaching out. Being at church on Monday nights. Being there on Wednesdays. Being there every time the doors are open. And trust me, I know. Life is a thing. Work is a thing. Babies are a thing. Sickness is a thing. I totally get that. Don't, don't misread what I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying, you know, kill yourself to be at every single thing. But your priorities will show. What's your priority? So, um, one of the main keys to this revival and this beautiful thing that we have happening, and this wonderful thing that God has blessed us with. And if, you, if you've been here for any amount of time, then you know that we really are a favored church. And I don't mean that in a boastful manner, a prideful manner. If you think I do, then I'm so sorry. That's not what I mean. And you're like, oh, you're the pastor's daughter. Of course you can say that. Of course you can say we're favored. No, I mean it. And if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that God pours out his spirit on us in a special way. And that's amazing. But one of the things that we're going to have to continue to do is be consistent to see it grow. So it's, like, it's kind of like with a plant. Plants always come back to this sort of stuff. You have to water it and you have to put it in sunlight and you have to do that consistently or your plant's going to die. You, you have to water your own spirit. You have to feed your spirit because if you don't, it's going to die. It will. So, we need to be aware of what we consume. What are we consuming? And I'm not just talking about McDonald's, because that's one of my favorite places in the world. I'm not going to lie to y'all. They're french fries. They're the best. We do have to be aware of what we consume. What are you doing to the temple? What are you doing to the temple? The Word of God says that our temple is... That our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So what, what are you doing to that temple? What are you consuming? Take care of it. Take care of it. Eat an apple. <laughs> what we listen to and what we watch. Wow. I could, honestly, goodness, preach a whole message just on that. What you listen to and what you watch matters. Because 
it's going to be really hard for you to come in here on Sunday and receive what God is doing when you stayed up all night last night killing people on video games. We don't, we, we don't believe in murder. We don't believe in killing people. And I'm not just out here to say, video games. No, I don't, I don't care. All I'm saying is, if you become so desensitized by killing somebody on a video game or watching somebody be murdered or attacked or take, taken advantage of on movies and TVs, good grief. It's, and trust me, I've been there. I love me a, a good true crime, okay? I was all about that stuff. But then I got to thinking about it like, we got to be careful of what we glorify and what we idolize in our lives. Because I, it, I mean, just think about it. It's a little strange to, to be obsessed with stuff like that when, when we don't believe in it. Does that make sense? I don't know. I felt like saying it. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, we have to be aware of what we're consuming. And we can't be mad if we're like, God, I can't feel you. And you haven't prayed in, or talked to him or spent time with him. Or, you know, God, I can't feel you. I can't see you. I can't. Okay, sometimes there are seasons where he's quiet, and I get that. But you have to be aware. You have to be aware of yourself. You have to do your part. You have to do your effort. And you have to be consistent. What are we consuming? A huge part of what we will see happen in this end time revival will have to do with what we see on a personal level. It's personal. It's personal. It's about him. It's not about us. But if we want to be used, we have to be prepared. Your passion is beautiful. Your passion is wonderful. I love that you're passionate. If you're not doing something with it, why do you have it? Does that make sense? It's kind of like faith. Faith without work is dead. Okay, passion without being used. What's it doing? It's just sitting. You have to use it. You have to use it. I know I sound doom and gloom. I know. There... There's a part of a lot of us, and this is just going to be personal for a second, but there's a part of a lot of us that will look at what's happening right now and be like, I'm not good enough to be a part of that, or I don't have that spiritual gift, or, you know, pastor will do it, Jake will do it, Sade will do it, you know. There's a part of us that will do that, that will say, no, they can, they can totally handle it. Prayer team's got it. I don't have to come pray on, you know, Saturdays or Mondays or something because the prayer team will be there. You know, there's, there's a part of us that says, I don't have to do that, and we use that as a defense when really we know that we just feel like we're not good enough to do it, and that's not true. It's not true. You are good enough to be part of this revival. You, you are called to be part of this revival. It is important that we know that we all play a part in this revival. It's um, 1 Peter 2 and 9 that talks about us being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, you know, and shout out to my girls, my class that's in here this morning. They know that verse. I'm going to brag for a second. They have learned over 25 verses since May. May. They've learned and recited over 25 verses since May. And, I mean, they can quote them, too. I'm not going to put them on the spot because I told them I wouldn't. But I could literally just be like, Augusta, quote, First Peter 2 and 9. And she could stand up and do it. But I won't make her because I love her and I want to be loved by her. So, <laughs> But we are these things. It's, not, it's talking to the church as a whole, but you can plug that in for yourself. 
I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a peculiar person. And that's for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) So don't wait for somebody else to do it. You don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. If you want to pray for somebody, go pray for somebody. You don't have to be like, "Mm, I'm going to wait for so-and-so to go lay hands on them, and then I will go pray for them. No. You don't have to. Just go pray for them. You don't have to have some deep philosophical prayer with the these and the thous and words you can't even pronounce because I can't pronounce half the words in the Bible. I'm not going to lie to (laughs) y'all. It doesn't have to be that way. You just have to work with what you have. And if you're consistent, God will see that. If your intentions are pure, God will see that and he will use that. It doesn't have to be this, this hard thing that we make it out to be. You know, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. So anyway, quick little switch. My friend um, Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast said it like this. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. He's not whole without a soul to beg upon. And trust me, I know. That was a singing candle that said that. (laughs) I'm aware that there were dancing plates and cups and napkins and things. I totally get it. But even from the time that I was little, I felt like that was so like, wow. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. I don't know about you guys, but I, I do feel like I'm a servant of the kingdom. I'm a servant of the king. And that doesn't oppress me. It doesn't offend me. I'm, I'm down. I want to be a servant to the Lord. I want to be his servant. I want to, I, I want to wait on the Lord. I want to honor him. I want, I want to serve him. And I mean, have you ever been in that place where you know that you've been ignoring what God asked you to do? And then all of a sudden, ooh, I have bad anxiety. No, you're just not doing what God asked you to do. <laughs> yes, I believe in anxiety. It is real. Anxiety and depression are real. They are very real. Please see a counselor. Um, but, I mean, sometimes I think we make it hard. I think we make it harder than it has to be. I mean, Jake, pull me if I need to. But I just think that, that we make it harder than it needs to be. And all you have to do is be who God called you to be and be consistent in that. Be consistent in that. Be consistent in that. If your life is unnerving and you were called to serve, just today at some point, just take inventory. Just take inventory. I'm not asking you to preach. I'm not asking you to jump on the mission field and learn a new language. I'm not asking you to baptize people in the pond. I'm just asking you to do what God asked you to do. And I'm just asking you to reflect on what he asked you to do. Does that make sense? Anyway. We're not whole without a soul to beg upon. And we were asked to be fishers of men. Whose soul are you begging on? Whose soul are you begging on? I know that when you're doing outreach and you're reaching for somebody that you're like, wow, 
they're not listening to anything I'm saying, and they literally hate my guts. Trust me, I, I get it. But it's a lot harder when you know what you've got and you know that you're not sharing it with someone that you know is hurting. That's a lot harder. And it's going to be a lot harder when we get to heaven. And the Lord said, hey, you sat with them day after day and year after year. And they told you about their problems. They told you what they were going through. But we weren't consistent. Trust me, I have lots of regrets when it comes to that. If you know anything about my story, you know that I am a, a public school junkie. From Oglethorpe County, I don't think I learned anything, but I... <laughs> Nothing important anyways. <laughs> um, shout out to all my friends that also went there. <laughs> if you feel uneducated, raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, it really, and I, it does break my heart in a lot of ways, and I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to laugh about it, but me and Brittany have talked about it before, and I have so many friends that I went to high school with, and I just never told them. I never told them. And so now I'm trying to backtrack. <laughs> Friend everybody on Facebook. <laughs> Talk to everybody on social media. Hey, how's it going? Come to church with me. When if I had just done it, when they were there, when I saw him every day, when I sat in class with him every day. I've had the Holy Ghost since I was seven, you know. That means I've been a witness to the goodness of God since I was seven. And I knew how to witness in high school. I knew how to, and I did. I did tell some people. I mean, Sister Lex, I mean, now she's married to one of, who was one of my best friends in the whole world. I, I told Alexis, I was just like, girl, you're going to be my friend, and I'm not giving you a choice, and you can ask her about that later. She's been trying to unfriend me in real life for a long time. But it's, I got her, and I love that, and I'm so thankful. But, like, when I think about if I'd just been consistent, and I hadn't been so worried about what people think and how they're going to perceive me, you know, there could have been a whole. There could have been a whole revival in my school. There could have been a whole revival in the last place that I worked in. There were people there that needed God. And I didn't do my part. And I know you can ask people, you can ask people, you can ask people, come to church, come to church, come to church. And they can say no all they want to. That does not mean that I'm going to stop asking them because I do not want to live with this. I do not want to live knowing that I had what they needed and I didn't tell them. We have to wake up. We have to wake up. And I know I've been all over the place. I'm so aware. Trust me, I'm so aware. Is it ADHD? I don't know. Do I have that? I don't know. I should probably be tested. But I know this has been all over the place, but I really hope that 
you can just hear what I'm trying to tell you today. This revival is here. And it's not going anywhere. And we can't backtrack. We, we are on the straight and narrow train to Jesus coming back. So that means that this revival is happening. And we can't get away from it. We can't. So the only thing for us to do at this point is to check ourselves and ramp up our game and do better and be consistent and work in the fields. Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you want to be just called or do you want to be called and chosen? You can be called and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. I was so glad that you were and I'm sure you had an altar experience where God called you. But if you don't work, if you don't try, how can you be chosen? There's a, a story in the Bible that talks about, and we all know this, about the, the ten talents that were given and all these things. I would first like to say that there was not a talent that was given that was more, if we look at it in this example, your Holy Ghost is not more powerful than my Holy Ghost. Your ministry is not more important than anybody else's ministry. What it is, is what is more fed. What's more fed? Did you grow it? Or did you say, wow, this was really cool and I loved it. I'm so glad I got called. Okay, bye. And you were just happy with just that. When God has so much more for you, it's so much more for you. And, and not only more for you, but more for the people around you because he has more for you. And you give that to people. You see? You just give it to people. And I was going to read the whole parable, but I'm not. I was going to, but I'm not. Because it's already 1031. But you're wanted to be a part of this revival. And you're wanted in this church. Your talents, your abilities, your passions, your altar working skills, your teaching skills, your love for people, all these things. They're so wanted. And if you've ever felt unwanted, I'm so sorry. It's terrible. But you're so wanted. Not only by us, but you're wanted by God. And he just wants to use you. But we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent. That's my last page of notes. We have to be consistent, church. Sorry, I cried. Sister Angel is going to come and play some music, and we're going to pray for a minute. Because I think it, it would be right to just take a moment and check ourselves. And I don't know what everybody feels in this place today. I don't. Trust me. If, if, I, if I could feel all of your feelings, that would be very hard on me. But I do know that everybody that's in this church and a part of this church knows what's happening in this church and it's revival. And we've got to be a part of it. All of us, all hands on deck. Every hand to the plow. And I don't want to sound like I'm begging, but I am asking that you would please take inventory 
can put your hands on the deck and just work with King. The best blessing is that you can receive is to be a blessing. And every one of us has something that we can bless somebody with. So we should just take inventory of that today and look at our consistency and check our hearts. God, where is my heart? Is my heart in this revival? Is my heart where you are? Or is my heart caught up in the the show and the glam and the, the fame and the, where is it? Where is your heart? Is your heart consistent? Is your walk consistent? Just think about it. And I'm not going to make you stand. You can, you can pray in your seat, but I would ask that every eye would be closed. If you want to bow your heads, you can. If you want to raise your hands, you can. But I'm just going to pray over us. God, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you've called us. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are meaningful, powerful ministries and testimonies here. God, I pray that you just help us take inventory today of our hearts, oh God. God, check and purify our intentions. Remind us why we're here and what we're in this for. It's not for anything other than you and to see you glorified. It's not about us. It's not about us. We just want to be like you. We want to reach like you. We want to love like you. We want to be consistent like you, Father. God, help us in our workplaces. Help us in our schools. Help us in our homes, oh God. Help our minds and our hearts to be consistent. Let our walk be consistent, God. Let us show up. Let us take responsibility for what you called us to do. Let everything we say and do be pleasing unto you, Jesus. And God, we're sorry. We have repented hearts today. If I've made it about anything other than you, I'm sorry. We return to you, oh God. We return to the heart of worship. We return, oh God. And we love you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness and thank you for a fresh perspective and mindset, God. I thank you and I love you. And I pray that you would help us every day to do better and be better. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church family, I love you. I love you more than you could ever know. My whole entire life has revolved around (laughs) y'all. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. But I love you enough to tell you we've got to be consistent. You have a place in this. 
You have a place in this. You have a place in this. You are not a throwaway congregation member. It matters. And it's noticed when you're here and when you're not. Even visitors, if they've come once, if they don't come again, I'm confused. I'm like, where did they go? Their seat's empty, you know? If you come once, you have a place here. You have a place here. And I pray that you would feel that you would feel that love and the importance of what you do. And if you're in ministry in this church, I know nobody wants to pray a weight on somebody, but if you're in ministry at this church, I pray that you feel the weight of the responsibility of what we carry. And I know that sounds harsh. I know it does. I know it does. I'm so aware and I'm so sorry, but it's eternity that we're looking at. People's eternities are hanging in the balance. And we have a way to pull them out. So we have to consistently be who God has called us to be. We have to show up. We have to show up. I love you so much. (laughs) Sorry I cried all over you. I love y'all. And Jesus loves y'all. And we're going to make it together. If you feel like, man, I don't know what to do. I feel like, oh, I don't, I, I have nobody to lean on. I have nobody to look to. No, 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 no. Not true. You can lean on anybody in this room. You can call them. You can text it. Hey, pray for me today. Hey, I don't know what to do. Bethy, I don't want to be involved in somewhere. Where do I go? Please come to me. I will put you somewhere. I promise. Kids Power Hour always needs help. <laughs> There's a place for you. Okay? And you're important and you matter to this church. You matter. And I love you and so does Jesus.